This is the 30-something movie podcast, and we're going to lock down the audio from our Patreon-exclusive episodes so tight, nothing will leak out ahead of time. No. Christopher Walken, what are you doing here? We have got to keep this from getting out. I said no. But we have to keep it to ourselves. I don't want to. If people hear the preview, they're going to flood our Patreon with more supporters. I don't care. But then we're going to have to create even more bonus content if that happens. Too bad. All right, Mr. Walken, you won me over. Here is this month's preview of our Patreon-exclusive episode. So yeah, so thank you so much to every single one of you uh, for the uh, for the patrons who don't mind uh, having their names listed out. We've got them on the website, uh, 30podcast.com, but for the patrons who don't mind having their name listed out, uh, who don't want to keep it uh, keep it secret or keep it on the down low, uh, Jonathan Tweedy, Rob Perry, uh, Chris Walkton, Jason Colvin, Podrick Donahue, all, every single one of you, thank you so much uh, for continuing to support the show and these uh, these episodes are for you, so thanks. Right on. All right. So this one is, as we said before, this one is Death Trap. And um, we're going to just go ahead and jump right on into this one. This one, like I said, yeah. is from 1982. So it's 40 years old. And uh, we're almost, we're just like a few weeks away from 40 years to the day. So yeah. this one is uh, 19th of March, 1982 is when this one came out. It was rated PG, originally rated R, but they were able to get it negotiated down to a PG because at the time, there was no PG thirteen, so sure. Uh, so that was a that was a not too far of a stretch. I don't know what they would have had to cut. I was trying to see what they would have had to cut to go from R to. I maybe there were some scenes that were a little more gory. Um, mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Like there might have been some more blood in some of the scenes. They reference. I'm, I'm like getting into the movie, and we're not even done with the the info part yet. Um, they reference at one point like a chain that squirts blood when he's talking mm-hmm. about like some of the props that they have. And I'm like, I wonder if there were some more scenes that had more blood in them and maybe that's what had it in our rating. Sure. Or maybe some language here and there. Yeah. It always seems like to, to, I always think of it as like an overall kind of more holistic. This is an R movie, but it always ends up boiling down to like one or two scenes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's like 99% of the movie is PG R now PG-13, that all stays the same. It's that one scene yep. that, you, you know, you either just have to remove a couple little bits or change a filter or whatever, and that'll change the score. I always find it interesting. Put some pants to, on somebody. Uh, put pants on somebody. <laughs> that's sometimes that's the difference between your R and your PG or your PG-13 is put, uh, put some pants on. That's right. That's right. right. One of our, or as with one of our epi- other episodes this month, a bowl. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put a bowl on, and all of a sudden, now it's not R. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, this one, as I said, rated PG, had a runtime of one hour and 56 minutes, directed by Sidney Lumet, who died in 2011. Uh, he did 12 Angry Men, such a good movie. I love, mm-hmm. love, love, love the 12 Angry Men movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, he also did Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico. Writers for this one were Ira Levin, who did the play. He died in 2007. And Jay Presson Allen, who did the screenplay, died in 2006. Levin did Rosemary's Baby, Sliver, and the Stepford Wives. Allen did Cabaret, Marnie, which is another great uh, Hitchcock movie. Um, And Just Tell Me What You Want. Producer for this one was Burt Harris, who did The Wiz and Daryl, the D-A-R-Y-L with the... um, 
uh, kid from Neverending Story. So, quick side note here: you just watched Neverending Story, didn't you? We did. You did. We, did. So, okay. we watched it as a family. All right. So the the Patreon folks are going to get the exclusive interview with Pat Canigallo on his second ever viewing of the uh, the infamous, infamous. <laughs> would you say? Would you call it infamous? That's right, man. The infamous, infamous, infamous in my mind. The infamous episode on uh, Never Ending Story, where Pat just didn't understand luck dragons, um, or just didn't care for him. I, either way, but I like the I like okay. the luck dragon. I just couldn't figure out the end of the movie. I just wanted yeah. to know what happened. Did the bull, did the luck dragon eat the bullies? Did the luck dragon eat the bullies? Okay, so tangent here. So you, I mean, this is this is like a bonus. You're being incepted. Right now, with a bonus yes. episode inside of a bonus episode. Yes. All right, hold yes. on. I don't have the sound effect, but I'm going to do the Hans Zimmer. Bwah. Bwah. Okay, that's my Hans Zimmer impersonation. Okay. Uh, from Inception. Um, so, the dream is collapsing, Pat. Tell us. What is, uh, what's, what, how was it for you watching it a second time many multiples of years later? And how was it for your kids? Because you made a comment before you even started watching it, that your kids love dragons and horses and animals, and, but they yes. don't like it when animals suffer. Yeah, I know. So, I know. Spill the beans, Pat. I got to know. I, um, I'm going to sit here and yeah. eat popcorn while you're telling me, cause this is just going to be, I feel like this is going to be really entertaining. Well, you know, I, I hope it's not some big letdown, but it, um, third time, I would say this is the third time I've seen it. Cause I saw it as a kid. I saw it again for when we did it on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. And then this would be the, this would be the third time. Now there might've been a couple of times in there, you know, where it was on or something yeah. that just, you know, through history. Um, so right away I was kind of watching for my kids reaction and they, they seemed to get into it pretty quickly. Right. Okay. Um, and they started discussing like, well, is this what it's going to be about? Or is it in the real world or when do the horses come in? Or what is this, you know, and all this kind of thing. And then um, they, yeah, they, they hung in there. They really enjoyed the movie. And so I, you know, hung back. And then when they got into the swamp of sadness, um, I'm sorry. I, I'm you start, know, I'm starting to tear up already. I know. And I started to as well. Cause I'm just like, Oh Lord. And I started getting, you know, teared up and it was, Oh my gosh. It's and the way they shoot it. Uh, and this is just spoiler warning for anybody that has not seen never ending story, jump ahead 45 seconds on the podcast, but it's that scene where you just see a tray walking and then all of a sudden the reins pull back, you know, and all of a sudden the horse is a little bit lower and you're just like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And then I started getting upset and Daniela, uh, goes, you know what? I hope that, uh, um, what was it? Artax. I hope that Artax yeah. jumps out of that swamp with happiness and like get, escapes and all this. And I'm just like, Oh no, that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, Artax goes in and it got real quiet, real fast. <laughs> in, I, in the house. I bet it did. <laughs> and, and it was just like, uh, okay. And so we kind of like, we kind of went through and then I, I really, you know, I'm thinking back on how they made the movie. Because then the next thing that appears is, um, is it that turtle, the big turtle that sneezes on him? I think but so. Then, yeah. But then, but then the, um, but then the, uh, um, 
than the luck dragon. And it was funny because the way they shoot it, I was kind of watching it with my kids' eyes. It flows nicely because you're just as sad as all get out because of Artax. But then the next thing that appears is the luck dragon. Yeah. So then we could kind of rally a little bit because of the luck dragon. Although Daniela was a big fan of the wolf. Because okay. we also like we also like wolves in this family. Gotcha. So okay. the kids, so the kids, they got all excited for the wolf, and um, the, so the, you know, what was his name the Gamork? The Gamork, yeah. And, and uh, then, Morla, uh, Morla was the turtle. Morla was the turtle. Yeah. That's right. Morla. So Morla, anyways, Morla, the aged one. Exactly. Yeah. And and so then we got, you know, we watched through, and my, like the, my kids were on it. They were like. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this is happening. Oh, wow. So you can hear them. How do they know that Bastion exists? You know, they were asking all the right questions. And then it got to the end and I was just like, okay, I am still completely confused with what happened in the ending. But you know what? It doesn't matter because this is what I'm going to believe and I'm going to stick to it. And there you go. Yeah. Um, and, and my kids got excited. Um, my kids got excited because uh, Artax and Atreyu appeared again. And then, so they're galloping and, and they, they look, Danielle looked at me and she's like, Dominic, they look at me and they're like, uh, so does that mean they're back? And I just did not hesitate. I'm like, yes, they are back. (laughs) They are alive. And that's how it ends. Mm -hmm. And so they, they thought, they thought the luck dragon was great. Um, and so, yeah, it was a very positive experience and it was all good. Um, the very next day, they both went over to the, the to the stable, the barn, and were riding horses. And I will tell you that they took extra special time after their lesson, uh, brushing down the horses and talking to the horses and itching the horses behind the ears and yep. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we took they they got a little extra TLC with the horses after the uh, the Artax scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I, I would say it was it was definitely a positive experience. Good. And I, I just didn't think I just did not hesitate. I just said, this is how it ends. And I um, head cannoned it and I, I got through it. Yeah. So that was But I'll tell you that scene with our text. It just got it got really quiet. <laughs> and, and then I'm over in the corner of the room, like, <laughs> you know, like sitting over there and and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, trying to, you know, dad, are you okay? Fine. I'm just fine. But, uh, uh, so yes. So it was success, successful movie night. It was enjoyed by all. And, um, and, uh, Artax and, and Atreyu wrote again at the end. So that was what, uh, that was what counted. Kids next weekend. We're, we're going to watch Transformers, the movie. <laughs> I know. Dad's going to need know. some tissues. <laughs> I know. Ba weep, crana weep, ninny bong. I know. And then we're going to, uh, um, we're going to follow it up with old yeller. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, oh man. You're trying to do your kids in there. I know. Wow. But, but no, my, my kids, like I said, my kids root for the animals, Jurassic park. Yeah. They root for the animals. For the dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, they wrote, they root for the dinosaurs. It was Jurassic park three that we just watched. Okay. Here's another spoiler. So yeah. Patreons feel free to fast forward another 45 seconds, but it was Jurassic park three. They landed on the island. Do you remember this one where they get Grant and they go back to the island yeah. looking for their kid or whatever? Yeah. And then the tough hunter guys go off into the forest with all the big artillery and guns and everything. And then all of a sudden they come running back and uh, they try to take off, but the Spinosaurus or whatever knocks the plane out of the yes. air. Yep. And Dan- Daniela's reaction was, 
oh man, those dinosaurs are super hungry. Boy, <laughs> I hope that, <laughs> what, what did she say? I hope that dinosaur got enough to eat because that guy was actually kind of small. <laughs> that was her reaction. I'm like, okay, you know, you hey, you know, gotta have, uh, gotta have priorities. Gotta, gotta get through it somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's exciting. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that everybody enjoyed. I was a little concerned. I was, like, I was, I mean, greatly cause, concerned because as, as a kid, I mean, you, I still think back to watching that movie as a kid and that's one of those times. And I know we've talked about, we talked about the transformers movie too, back in, yep. was that? Probably, yep. It was 87. Maybe that that one yes. came out. So it would have been 2017 for good Lord. That's five years ago. Um, oh. So I remember talking about that one and I remember watching that one as a kid. And I remember this one, I remember never ending story and watching that as a kid and it was one of those times where it's like stuff just got real. Yeah. Like this is not what they do in the cartoon in the cartoons. They won't even say the word dead or died or whatever. And like, <laughs> wow, this um, stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, good. I'm, it was, I'm, I'm and, glad it worked out well. I'm glad that glad that it was a good experience. Yes, it was a good experience. And it was cool how Daniela found it. She was just like typing in search parameters on Netflix. And it was like, well, if you like this one, you might like yeah. this one. And then cool. there was a scene with Artax and, you know, yeah. horse and she was in, she was hooked. So I might have to watch that one with Nora again sometime soon. It's been a long time. She probably doesn't even remember it. Like we watched it when they yeah. were, when they were little. So um, we'll probably have to watch that one again sometime. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um. All right. Well, that, that was a bit of a tangent from our uh, that was from producer Bert Harris, who that wasn't even connected to Never Ending Story because it was he did the movie Daryl and Daryl stars uh, the kid who was in Never Ending Story who plays. Bastion. That's our connection. So, yeah, that's our connection. That's your connection. So it was a it was a t so you've been incepted and you're welcome. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, back to Death Trap, though, the music mm -hmm. in Death Trap was done by Johnny Mandel, who died in 2020. He did music for Caddyshack, uh, several episodes of the MASH TV show, and An American Dream. Cinematography, I am going to apologize right now because I'm, I'm going to butcher this one. Uh, it's a Polish name, um, Andrzej Bartkow Bartkowiak. Bartkowiak. Anyway, yes. I can't help you with that, John, but... Nope. Please correct us a, if we get it wrong. Yeah, if anybody knows Polish or knows, I was going to look it up ahead of time because sometimes I'm I'm able to find on there like how you'd pronounce some of these names. Uh, a N D R Z E J is the first name. So okay, um, he did cinematography for Romeo Must Die, Speed, and Exit Wounds, and then the editor of this one was Jack Fitzstevens. He died in 1998. He did Just Tell Me What You Want, Fighting Back, and The World of Don Camillo. Uh, budget hmm. on this one, I couldn't find. Box office was $19 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 66% cinema score. There was not one for this movie. Uh, this movie, small cast in this movie, because it's based on like a five-person play. So the cast for this one, uh, Michael Caine played Sidney Brule. He was in the Nolan Batman movies, Cider House Rules, Muppet Christmas Carol, and Noises Off. Christopher, which we're going to do uh, here in just a few weeks, I think. Um, Christopher Reeve, who died in 2004, played Clifford Anderson. He was in the Superman movies, Somewhere in Time, The Remains of the Day, and Noises Off, which, again, we will do here in a few weeks. Uh, Diane Cannon played Myra Brule. She was in Heaven Can Wait, Caddyshack 2, and several episodes of Ally McBeal. 
Irene Wirth, who died in 2002, played Helga Tendorp. She was in Orders to Kill, King Lear, and Lost in Yonkers. Henry Jones, uh, he died in 1999. He played Porter Milgram. He was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Vertigo, and Arachnophobia. And then Tony B. Benedetto uh, played Bert the Bartender. He was in Raw Deal, Splash, and Marked for Death. When the once successful playwright, Sidney Bruhl, sees his latest Broadway effort bomb on its opening night, he tumbles into despair until he receives a package from his former student, Clifford Anderson. Inside is an unproduced script that's better than anything Sidney has written in years. At the urging of his wife, Myra, Sidney undertakes a plan to lure Clifford to his country home, murder him, murder him, I should have said it that way, uh, and then announce the script as his own work. At the turn of a knife and a twist in the plot, Death Trap is everything it's not. Sydney, people are always interested in psychics who can point at someone and say, that man murdered that man. Are you trying to say that you don't think that you can trust me? Sydney, my heart won't take it. Death Trap. Death Trap. Death Trap! To show you any more would be a crime. So join Michael Caine, Christopher Reeve, and Diane Cannon in Ira Levin's Death Trap. In for the kill, right? No, definitely not. Blood in the carpet. All right, so this one, Death Trap, a story of murder... Yes, it is. Um, lots of different, uh, lots of different weapons here. Lots of different things set up in the early part of the story. Um, I always like to make the references to Chekhov's gun uh, in <laughs> in plays and literature. Uh, here we have Chekhov's gun, Chekhov's mace, Chekhov's handcuffs, uh, Chekhov's heart condition, uh, Chekhov's uh, clairvoyant um, axe. Uh, the axe. Yep. Don't forget the axe. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot of a uh, lot of checkoff going here. We have a lot of things to check off from our list. Yes. So, Patrick, I I would imagine. So, I, some of our questions that we use here on the show, give credit where credits due here. Uh, there was a book by Tony Watkins in 2007 called Focus: The Art and Soul of Cinema. So, a lot of times I'll use kind of adapted questions from that book um, when we talk about our movies here. So, if you want to go check out that book, it is awesome. Uh, really enjoy. So it is, uh, it's available out there. And uh, if you want to just see some of the questions that we use sometimes, um, I believe there is a website, www.bethinking, B-E and the word thinking.org. Um, and it's got a list of questions to consider when watching a film. So if you ever want to use that for talking with your own friends, uh, if you nerd out on movies like we do, then feel free to go check that out. But Tony Watkins, Focus the Art and Soul of Cinema. Um, Patrick. I'm assuming that you probably had not seen this one before, but I could be wrong. I had not. You had not. Okay. Uh, first initial reactions, initial viewing, one word or short phrase, how did this movie make you feel? Uh, you remember Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country? Yes. Remember when they were all sitting around and trying to figure out if James Kirk really had killed the Klingon ambassador and the whole thing. And they're going around the table. And what do you think? What do you think? And he goes to the Romulan guy and he says, 
well, ambassador, whatever the guy's name was, Ambassador Nuncluse, yep. what is the position? What, you know, surely you don't believe that James Kirk had killed the, and he looks and he goes, Mr. President, I don't know what to believe. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel when I watch this movie. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe it's go- uh, oh, okay. I I don't know what to believe when I'm watching this movie, and it it was, and just when it started, kind of like okay, it's no, I'm I'm getting to I'm getting into the review. My one word, my one phrase, I don't know what to believe when I'm watching this movie. How did it so? So that's kind of related to you know following the storyline and the plot and everything else. Um, in terms of because now I'm kind of curious, is that you didn't know what to believe, positive or negative, or you're still not sure? Well, I, definitely positive, because okay. if I'm walking away thinking about it this much, then it had a positive effect. And and there was, I was sitting there kind of thinking, okay, this is, this is kind of, kind of dragging along, dragging along, but I'm really enjoying watching it. Okay. Well, obviously this is an adapted play, so I really enjoy the dialogue and I love watching, you know, Christopher Reeve and I enjoy watching Michael Caine and I enjoy watching, you know, everyone doing their thing in these characters. But then all of a sudden there'd be a twist and it was like, oh, well, I didn't expect that. And then suddenly my interest is peaked again. And then it would go and go and go and go. Then there'd be another twist and then another twist. So uh, yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm just dancing around the question. I'd, I guess I got to see it again and process it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I kind of, because my opinions would change kind of based on the twists in the show itself. Yeah. I, I guess, is that, I guess my, my, my answer that doesn't have an answer maybe sums it up the best. I enjoyed it, but it did definitely twist and turn all over the place. Hey, thanks again for listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast's monthly Patreon preview episode. If you'd like to find the full episodes, head on over to freezeropodcast.com slash donate. There you'll be directed to our Patreon page where you can join at any level of support to get access to these bonus episodes. There are other tiers of support available, but any level of support will get you access to the monthly bonus episodes. Everybody, thank you so much as always. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we'll see you back here next time.